This is Mission.org. The customers for life mentality is we're never done. The project is never done or the customer is never done. It's always what is next for you? What does success look like for you? If they're a Google Cloud Platform customer, I mean, that's just the beginning of their transformation. What workloads are we going to take to the cloud? What data and analytics do you want to get out of that information? So there's a continuous progression and growth that the customer sees and the ROI that they continue to see from their investment. So your customer acquisition strategy worked. Now what? Our guest today suggests that gaining a new customer or a new client is only the first step in a long and meaningful journey. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, and today I'm pleased to welcome Noreen Gaustian, the Chief Marketing Officer at SADA, a Google Cloud partner. Noreen brings her more than 20 years marketing experience into this conversation and breaks down how SADA's customer-first approach aims to build client relationships that last a lifetime. Let's get into it. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. Noreen, it's awesome to connect with you. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Likewise. Seriously. So, um, you know, Sada Sada is a, is a business that I'm familiar with. When I when I left Google the first time, before I went back to Google, I worked at Sada for a small season, learned a ton, and and at that time, Sada was doing my, half Microsoft, half Google. This was, I guess, right? before the acquisition of the Microsoft side of the business. And then you came in, I think, right as I was leaving for the next opportunity. So I don't remember a ton of time with you, but I know you came in to lead marketing there. I came in, yeah, 2013, January of 2013. Okay. And you've been there for now, it's, yeah, I guess, what, almost? Almost 10, 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 <laughs> years. So I, mean, I know. So, so I'm personally excited just to talk about like the roller coaster ride that is SADA because you've been through a lot of transition. There's been a lot yeah. of growth and a lot of cool things. And you've maintained leading marketing there for almost a decade, which says a ton about your perspective as a leader, your experience, the ability to stay in the CMO seat can be tricky for a lot of executives. Most of them don't last that long. It's just the nature of the beast, but you've, ab- you've been able to stay inside of a very f- dynamic business that has not stayed the same. Will you just, just describe SADA and your role as CMO there? All right, sure. Um, SADA is a cloud consultancy firm. Uh, we also provide related services as it pertains to Google Cloud. Um, we have been a launch partner of Google Cloud since 2006 and have um, since expanded our scope of services from the technical consultation to implementation, migration, of course, application development, data and analytics, and then continued services around managed services and support. So we really own the end-to-end customer experience as it pertains to Google Cloud and related services all on the cloud. So our mentality is like, you don't just stop when you're on the cloud. It's really everything you do afterwards that matters and that really drives the impact. Mm. 
My role at SADA is overseeing all aspects of marketing, and that includes the corporate communications and public relations, social media, all of the demand generation campaigns, uh, the digital side of things, which have been really important to us, especially during the pandemic, um, and content, right? And thought leadership is a huge part of, of how we connect with our audience and our partners and the entire ecosystem, uh, as well as all the events and conferences uh, and, and so on. So the team has grown tremendously uh, over the last three years, um, really uh, threefold. Uh, so we're always looking to recruit uh, incredible talent. And now with a remote work environment, we're really able to tap into the best best talent across the globe. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, and, and for those, just for some context for people, I mean, SAD has also helped we're talking what's several thousand plus customers. What's the number of users? It's, it's over 30 million users okay. that have been migrated to the cloud. Um, and that's, you know, uh, individual users, right? From organizations, we have served over 4,000 customers uh, globally uh, and growing uh, tremendously. Um, which is uh, really, really important for us to not only keep the current install base of, of customers and make sure that they're successful, but continue to bring on new customers as well. Mm. And also, the I mean, we're talking, I mean, I remember 10 years ago, some of your customers were like entire cities, big companies. I mean, the range of companies that is, existing customers can be from the small, you know, 10 users all the way up to thousands of employees. Is that still the case? That is still the case. Okay. So uh, startups, SMBs, and mm -hmm. then moving up into corporate and then large enterprises, global enterprises, um, such as the uh, Colgate Palmolives of the world, mm -hmm. right? Where we take a, a, you know, a lot of the traditional companies that have been around 50, 60, 70 years and, and be able to really transform them in the cloud. And that's, that's the, at the core of what we do best. Mm. But as you mentioned, public sector and education mm -hmm. are also a big part of our client base. And so entire uh, governments, uh, really, uh, agencies, whether it's the cities, counties, and, and so on, um, are really now looking for their transformation in, in the cloud. And we're really able to take that all the way down to the citizens that they serve. Mm. Now you've you've been a CMO, you know, you've been a head of marketing at, at SADA for almost 10 years. You've been in marketing leadership before that. I saw, I think we yeah. go back to the, the in the 90s when you first got into the marketing game, right? Yeah, well now now you're dating me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I have been in marketing for over 25 years. Okay. Um, not always in in tech. Uh, I I did start out in uh, fashion marketing originally. Uh, and then moved on to the agency side and, and market research and then started in um, technical software uh, around early 2000. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's been a little over 20 years in tech specifically. That's amazing. I mean, it just it gives you automatically a certain amount of perspective, just having that. I mean, be able to go way back, I think, where it's important to be a marketing leader to still be relevant today in 2022, oh, by the way, at a really fast-growing tech consultancy in SADA, and just reflecting on the past 10 years, let's just go to just 10 years for you kind of being at SADA. Um, how have you changed as a marketing leader from when you joined as head of marketing to now leading marketing in 2022? A lot has happened in that business. Microsoft, Google, okay, no more Microsoft. Hello, Google, huge companies, huge brands, a yeah. lot of growth, you know, your responsibilities grown you know, the things, you, your resources have grown, you know, what's yeah. it been like for you kind of evolving from, you know, this at that point in your career till now? How has that CMO role changed and, and morphed for you? Well, uh, initially when I started at SADA in, in um, early 2013, you know, I was the first marketing leader and, you know, Tony and I first met just to discuss the goals. And it was really like, we need to work on our brand. We need to Make sure that we have a demand generation engine that gets us customers directly so that we weren't dependent on our partners bringing deals to us. You know, we had to source our own deals uh, and build those relationships directly with the customers. So I was very hands on for, you know, many of the early years at SADA in running those campaigns myself and 
uh, you know, writing the content, <laughs> setting up everything right for the web, um, and working with contractors initially, uh, until I was able to really build out the team. And of course, the dynamics at the at that stage was a little different because we had two very strong, you know, cloud partners that we had to support: Google and Microsoft. And my team was uh, universal, if you will, meaning across both of those partnerships where the rest of SADA was firewalled. So we had a completely different team for Microsoft and a completely different team for Google, but marketing kind of stood above, you know, both those teams to provide the services. So it was really difficult to establish a SADA brand when you're also trying to serve these two you know, yeah. global uh, leaders, right, in, in, in cloud platforms. And so sometimes our brand was always diluted, you know, a little bit because we were trying to sell the notion of go Google or go Microsoft um, and then providing the services that came. So that what's really changed in, in since the divestiture of the Microsoft practice is that we're able to really focus and align on the why SADA piece and not just why Google, right? Mm. What are we bringing to the customer directly? Because now we've built up enough reputation and credibility where we stand on our own and we're able to source our own business through all of our marketing channels, really uh, able to have that direct relationship with the customer um, and build a stronger bond where we're able to now go back to them over and over again and be like, what else can we do next together? You know, what is your next goal from a business transformation perspective? Um, or even cultural, you know, transformation. Um, when you go into the cloud, especially from productivity and collaboration, you're really in essence changing the culture of the company. And so that becomes very important to, to you know, from a change management perspective, to make sure that everyone is moving along and, in, in, you know, in that cycle and able to adapt to such a big infrastructure change. Um, and so from the marketing perspective, we've really been able to tell a lot more of those success stories in, and bring those heroes to life, if you will. And so that um, uh, I think has been uh, the greatest joy of my career is, is just you know, not just doing collateral pieces, but changing our methods into bringing the customer story and the solutions to the forefront of everything that we do. Hmm. And that and the, the divesture didn't happen until like what twenty eighteen or nineteen yes. or something, right? Yeah. So it's been it's been a little over three years now. Because yeah. I mean, it's just I, I always wondered that when I came in on on the Google side of the house and just how. You know, because for a while there, you could say that, you know, both sides were successful, right? I mean, yes. big business on the Microsoft side, big yes. business on the Google side. And and the whole team really was, you know, the firewall. I remember that language and keeping things separate. <laughs> but that kept going on for until 2018 or 2019. Mm -hmm. So now you've got this positioning now, SADA, pure play, Google partner, the best. All in. Yeah, all yeah. in. I mean, <laughs> if you think Google partnership, like SADA is the number one part Google partner, period. And fighting for that positioning, that has not come easy either. I mean, I know being on the Google side of things and then being on the partner side with SADA, I mean, SADA has fought for every square inch of market share. Oh. And to see them just like make some tough decisions and, and, and stay, here we are, okay, Google, let's go. What are some of the things you did around the brand or, or some of the, you know, now you have this, this, you can position and you can kind of see things a bit differently. What started shifting and changing now that Microsoft was gone it's all in Google. What are some of the things you were doing with the brand? Well, we rebanded the entire company, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was uh, kind of the 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 main goal that I had had for a long time because the, the the company brand hadn't changed for twenty years. Uh, and but we had changed as a company, and we had changed on how we went to market. Our customers had changed, and so when the divestiture happened. And we were just uh, a lot more aligned on our, from a cultural piece and, and, and aligned with our partners, Google. We thought this is the right time to rebrand the company and bring some of that sophistication and growth into the brand as well. So uh, we, we launched in the middle of a pandemic. Good timing. Um, make a timing. <laughs> uh, so it really, um, you know, at first it was a little scary of, 
do we launch now? Do we wait? And it was there was just so many unknowns with the pandemic, right? We thought it could be just one month delay, but then it ended up being a six month delay and then so on. So we're like, we're just we're just gonna go live with this. And um lucky that we did. It really it really worked well for us. Uh and uh it was incredibly well received, um, both internally from from the audience who love the new brand and, and feel connected with it, um, as well as our customers. And then of course our partners, um, we got nothing but rave reviews about the, the brand and we still do, right. Um, the messaging hit home for a lot of people, you know, we're, we're bold, we're dynamic and nonstop. It was just like really hitting on who we are as a company. And despite the fact that we've been around for 20 years, we still very much have that hunger, you know, and and that startup mentality, if you will, yep. of fighting, as you said, for every inch of the mm-hmm. market share that we can get. You know, we don't just rest on our laurels. Like we we constantly function in a way of what's next and next growth. How do we win this? You know, and and that mm. is across the board in the entire company from Tony down. Well, there's something that I've heard you talk about in other interviews, and I feel like it's part of your, it's part of your secret sauce a bit. And this is the idea that you just like go for it, just do it, like just mm-hmm. launch versus sit and wait. And there's lots of reasons you could sit and wait, and all the data and all the technology mm-hmm. and all the things. Wait, wait, should we test it? Should we hold on? But you seem to, and and it seems to be there's big big bets you've placed where you said no, let's just let's just launch it, let's create the mm-hmm. thing, let's do the thing. And I feel like that's been a big benefit to you in your career. Yeah, I think maybe coming from the startup world uh, has allowed me to take some risks and not have um, to worry about a lot of the red tape or corporate type of, you know, uh, environments that may, you know, hold some CMOs back from trying out new things and and just launching when it's not perfect. Um, And I think... um, I I, luckily, uh, with the support of Tony and our executive management team, you know, we're able to make those types of decisions and uh, speed to market is very important to us as an organization. Uh, So we don't necessarily wait until it's 100% perfect because we've learned in this technology world that nothing really is Mm -hmm. ever, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And even from the big organizations, when they launch a product, it's never perfect you have to go back and iterate (laughs) and you have to provide an update, right? Or an upgrade at some point. So I see marketing in the same way. You know, when we launch, maybe the messaging isn't 100% hitting the mark. Well, we're going to go back and we're going to iterate. But being first to market is really how we got to where we're at. Let's talk about this idea of customers for life. I want to know more Mm -hmm. about this. And clearly, you know, customer experience and just customers, you've doubled down on that as an organization. Okay. You're doubling down on your customers. Talk about the methodology there. Talk about your thinking there and what that's meant for, for SADA. Um, well, this, this really, um, I think, hit home for all of us when the divestiture happened and we realized that well, we, we have this incredible install base of Google Cloud customers. How do we now service them for their next level of transformation, you know, and additional services that we can provide to them. Um, and and there's two po- components of our business. There's the resale aspects of cloud, right, uh, for recurring um, cloud consumption. And then there's the professional services. And really the professional services is, is where we upped our game and it has worked really, really well for us. We've grown that that team um, significantly uh, from the engineering and getting the best engineers and certified engineers and SADA holds uh, the most uh, fellows, Google Cloud fellows. Uh, so I believe there's 65 in the world and we have eight of them that work in SADA. Wow. So it's wow. a pretty, pretty incredible talent that we've been able to bring in. Uh, and then our, our, you know, project management teams, our customer success teams, technical account managers, you know, our, our, our customer support teams, uh, our change management teams. These are all what I call like wraparound services that a customer gets when they sign up with SADA. Mm. So we, you don't just sign up and good luck, right? <laughs> uh, we're able to now go back in there and say, this is your team. 
How are we going to make you successful? What is your roadmap? What are your Mm -hmm. business goals? And bringing these stakeholders together, both from the technical side as well as the business side, because they have to be aligned, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's what we do internally. Our goals are aligned internally and, and the customers need to also be aligned. One cannot succeed with the other, right? And so from, from the top stakeholders to down to the engineers that are on the project, we wanna make sure that they are the heroes, if you will, mm-hmm. at each stage of those, those projects. And then so the customers for life mentality is we're never done. We're, the project is never done or the customer is never done. It's always what is next for you? Mm, huge. What does success look like for you? You know, uh, if they're uh, a Google Cloud Platform customer, I mean, that's just the beginning, right, of their transformation. What workloads are we going to, you know, take to the cloud? Uh, what data and analytics do you want to get out of that, you know, information? Then the mm. productivity and collaboration, or it could be Google Maps um, services. Uh, so there's a, a continuous progression and growth that the customer sees and the ROI that they continue to see from their investment. Mm. Something else that I think you do really well. And and I think the executive leadership team does well in general, because if you look at, again, the path of growth that Sada's had the past decade, you know, the hockey stick doesn't lie. You can see the company is doing well. So that tells me a lot of things. But one thing it tells me is, and you just brought this up a little bit, which is aligning with stakeholders, aligning marketing and, you know, and sales and aligning with Tony and the CEO, the, the whole team, I think this is something that when CMOs don't get this right, they don't last very long. When they get this right, they have a really great career at a brand they get, they love helping grow and, and things get, magic can happen. So what are some of these key pieces of aligning, you know, marketing and business goals for you? Because it's something I feel like you're, you've done well and continue to do that. What are some of the knowledge bombs you can drop on other CMOs? <laughs> well, I think um, sometimes marketing works in silos from the rest of the business organization. And, um, you know, we don't function that way. We're very connected as a le- leadership team. Uh, we set the business goals first and foremost. What is the growth we want to see? And then what is the, the strategic goals that we have? And the strategic goal could be, you know, the global expansion, for example, that we're focused on this year. And uh, what net new logos do we want to target and bring in? So it's one thing to protect the current install base, but then also what is the growth from net new uh, logos that we want to bring into the customer base? Um, It's also, you know, strategic goals as it aligns from professional development or internal kind of development around DEI. You know, these are where we start. We start at the high level strategic goal and the financial goals. And then we work our way into the departments. So I take those as my ultimate goal that I want to achieve. And then how do I align my campaigns and my go to market strategy to feed into that? Mm. And so that is the prioritization that I do uh, annually and then biannually, actually, we always sit and review in the mid-year timeframe of, are we achieving where we want to be? And sometimes we have to adjust what our strategic goals are, right? Uh, Depending on, again, technology moves so quickly, maybe there's something else new in the mix that we need to consider. Mm. So we have to sit back down and and re-strategize maybe for the second half of the year. Mm. And so the marketing campaigns, communication, events we invest into, um, those sometimes have to adjust if one solution becomes more important or more of a priority or more of a challenge for our customers and we're hearing feedback from them. Mm -hmm. We make those adjustments as we go. Nothing is set in stone and you really have to be, you know, agile, if you will, in in the tech marketing, because that could change in a matter of six months. Mm. You know, we're in 2022 now. Obviously, the world's changed quite a bit in the past, you know, a couple of years. I want to hear about the global expansion, but I also want to hear about what's working right now in terms of new client acquisition, net new logos, high level stuff, like just campaigns you're really excited about, initiatives that you've seen work really well in this day and age when you know we have these hybrid events and we have in-person, yeah. we have virtual, we've got all kinds of things with demand gen and, and intelligence we can get on intent data and all that. 
what's working really well for for you in terms of campaigns and and de- demand and new client acquisition? So it's um, two things really. Uh, one is we uh, obviously do a lot of virtual events, but we don't do kind of one shot virtual events. We do actual what we call crash courses. Uh, so they're multi week comprehensive, you know, roll up your sleeves, get dirty type of uh, technical training programs. Um, because we want to be able to make sure that we're providing these services for, uh, you know, engineers, developers, and business decision makers so that they fully understand what is entailed in going with Google. What are the benefits? What is the value add? And also, what, how does SADA show up to help you there? So it's not a one-hour webinar. It's an actual program and comprehensive where you can then go easily and go get your Google certification. Um, and those are all provided free. Uh, so we don't charge for any of those training programs. Most recently, we had SADA Ground School, which was a two-day immersive program into you know 48 tracks, basically, covering different aspects of Google Cloud, bringing in customers to share their successes, having, you know, uh, deep dive and demos into the tech, technical products. Those are how we nurture, if you will, the marketplace. We, for anything net new, that is the investment we're making to make sure that they're trained properly. They have the information that they need to then make informed decisions on, do they want to go Google? Do they want to start another workload and test it out or do a proof of concept? So that's one investment. Second is in-person events, which we recently started beginning of this year. And we realized those are really working well for us to accelerate deals. So deals that we already have in pipeline or customers that we already have in pipeline to help develop those relationships. It's still important to meet face-to-face. That's where trust is built. And so having those you know, in-person events are, are, are critical to our success and we will continue to invest in those, assuming there's no more big surgeons we have to. Fingers crossed, um, yes. Fingers, fingers crossed, although I, I don't know, there's some scary numbers out there right now. Um, but we keep them intimate uh, and we keep them focused. And so it's not, it's not you know, big 10,000 uh, person conferences. Mm-hmm. It's more intimate of like 15, 20 people that can really build a community, have some networking, bring the customers, bring potential customers together and allow them to also build those relationships. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. There's a great track record, it appears, at SADA of, of customers becoming partners and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do to kind of help that natural transition between partner and customer? Um, well, we've come both ways, right? We've had, we have um, customers who have been longtime customers of SADA. There's a trust there. They understand the services and the investments that we make into really bringing experts to the forefront. So they want to tap into that. And they're like, hey, how about we go to market together? How can we co-sell together? So we, we always want to bring in complementary solutions to our current customer base, right? And be able to now become their trusted advisor for other solutions outside of Google Cloud that they're looking to improve, whether it's security type of services or data or, you know, uh, database type of solutions that can really complement what they're doing with Google Cloud. Um, We then developed a program called the SaaS Alliance program where they can come into that program as a a go-to-market partner with us so that we can do some co-selling, co-marketing initiatives together. And they have, you know, dedicated account managers that actually run uh, the the go-to-market strategies with them. Some of them have dedicated sales representatives that do nothing but source business for them. Um, So we're able to now take this customer who was, you know, successful in getting them up and running in Google Cloud, but now we're expanding the scope of services to them by helping them grow and tap into additional account base. Wow, that's interesting. So the SaaS Alliance program, is is it for 
only customers or for par potential partners as well? Or it's only for existing customers? Only customers. Wow. Only for customers who who want to be in the program and, and run on Google Cloud uh, with SADA. Yes. Really smart. I love it. And then to your earlier point, just around, it seems like the virtual events, the crash courses, you know, a lot of education of like, mm -hmm. hey, SADA's thought leadership position at the top, make sure they're sharing lots of value. I like this idea of like, multi-week like you know real yes. value-based information that's going to help gear them up and like you said some of them can even you know take a certification right after that and, and be certified right um and, I, and and to your point as well i'm hearing more and more now um in terms of the in-person events the smaller intentional Intimate. 10 15 mm -hmm. small like private vip kind of dinner you know engagement yes. we had about 20 or 30 CMOs here at our studio two weeks ago for the Forrester B2B conference. Mm, yes. And at this conference, there are a ton of parties happening. A lot of, you know, everyone is is being invited everywhere. Well, we had a bunch of really awesome locos here and they all commented on they wanted something small and kind right. of more intimate. And so everyone got FaceTime and connected and we had, you know, the mm -hmm. whole thing. So I think that's a strong move moving this year is like, how do we focus on those smaller events? And you can go really wide there. Yes. And we have a customer advisory board, and that was really uh, an important initiative for us to put together last year so that we're all, you know, we're bringing customers together to build their own network and build their own relationships. Brilliant. We know that, you know, CIOs don't make decisions in silos, right? Majority of the time, they're tapping into their network of what solution are you using? How did you go about this? Or you know, uh, how do you manage this challenge? And so it was really important for us to uh, provide them with that level of access to others in the industry uh, and help them grow their network and, and collaborate together. And so we do these monthly, you know, cab events around different subject matter, very intimate setting where there's a, a trust within the community already built. So they're able to talk about their specific challenges and advise each other. And it's really beautiful to see. But how big do you want a customer advisory board to be? Because I mean, you have a ton of customers and a lot of raving fans, but I'm sure there's some strategic moves there. Is there, is there a limit to how many people you want in that, in that board or? Yeah, you know, we've, we've struggled with that. So we, <laughs> we, we, we try to keep the sea level uh, very intimate, um, and it's under 30. Uh, but then we have leadership cab that sits underneath that, and that's about 50. Okay. Um, but we have more and more customers wanting to join. And so, yeah. you know, how do you continue to provide that level of intimacy and trust, uh, yet give everyone an opportunity to be part of the network? Uh, that's a good, good problem. It's a good problem to have for sure. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> oh man. So you're, you're an acclaimed, I mean, if, 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 if people don't know by now, Noreen is a, you know, is, a, is an acclaimed marketing leader. Oh. <laughs> you were, you were recently named on, on CRNs, like the channels. It was like women of the channel 2022. Yes. There's this list of like power 70 providers on the list. You're on that list. If you've been listening yes. for the last, you know, 20 minutes, you understand this, you know, this marketing <laughs> leader is, 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 is the top 1%. Um, what, what inspires your leadership style, Noreen? Um, yeah, that was quite the honor, actually, uh, to, to make that list and, and be really included with the, the, the level and the caliber of women on that list. Um, really, what inspires me is my people. Mm. My people inspire me every day. Uh, they challenge me and they teach me every day. They really bring their A game every day. And so uh, it empowers me to bring my A game every day. So uh, the learning constantly continues. And I'm, I never feel like, and I haven't in the last 10 years, felt like I've tapped out. Wow. You know, uh, there's always something new and something so creative. And this, this also, you know, I think is a critical part to touch on is I have an incredibly diverse team and growing uh, tremendously. And so that diversity has really brought a different level of creativity that we haven't had in previous years. And I'm so thankful to, to work with the, with a team that just, um, kills it every day. I'm so proud of them. See now, you know, you're getting into another area that I think 
I don't want to glaze over the this part because I think this is another area that you're really good at. Given, I mean, I don't, to, I don't even have to know you personally to know. Again, you've been there ten years. You've been <laughs> part of this. Made, you're doing you're doing a lot of things right. When it comes to cultivating a container for your team, for them, like you said, to bring their A game, like that's not that's not easily done by a lot of marketing leaders. There are a lot of them that mm-hmm. would love to be able to do that to have, to say, hey, when you or when you're part of this marketing team. You get to bring your best, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to bring mine. But how are you doing this? How are you able to do this consistently with tenure and through growth and scale through all kinds of changes? What are some of the ways you're you're inviting that that sense of like respect and safety with the team? Because it's clear that it's there. Yeah, I, and it you know it didn't happen right off the bat, right? It takes time to develop that. And majority of my team, um, really, after the divestiture, got hired during a, a pandemic. <laughs> so we hadn't even met in person uh, until maybe three weeks ago when it, we had an in-person uh, kickoff. Wow! So it was even a more challenging through these virtual channels to to develop that trust and develop that connection with the team. But we have a daily scrum call every single morning. We connect as a team, and every single morning. Everybody brings, you know, their, their, you know, challenges, creative ideas. And, and the important thing as a leader is to call on people who don't often speak up. Mm. Don't wait for them, right? You, you need to do that work. You need to call on the person to give them a voice and give them a space. And until they feel comfortable where they easily speak up on their own. So that has to be created as a leader mm. and and be open to listening. I think listening is one of the, the toughest <laughs> things to do, right, as a leader uh, and be able to open up that uh, communication channel and, and listen to all the ideas. Some are great, some may not be so great, but listen to it, be open to it, have them go back and iterate it if you're not 100% confident about it. Uh, don't shut it down because if you shut down creativity, uh, they're not going to come back to you the same way, right? Mm, that's huge. So you want to keep that creative uh, you know, thought process always coming through. And, and through the brainstorming and that open communication, it's like we feed off of each other. You know, someone says something, someone's like, oh, let's do this. Oh, yeah. this would be awesome. And so that that connection started to happen naturally during our, our, you know, weekly meetings and daily scrum calls. And, and we have obviously a bunch of chat rooms and things like that, where we're sharing uh, a lot of content. And every time you hire someone new, you have to then readjust and make sure that you're giving that new person the voice to speak up so that they are feeling connected and included into the team. Mm. So you said daily, the daily marketing team meets every day. Every morning. That's interesting. I actually like that. I know there's lots of organizations that do a daily huddle of sorts. Um, I'm a fan of those. Any, yeah. any, I mean, think just connecting, even for, doesn't have to be a long time, but just connecting every day is so huge for so many reasons. So I love that you're, you're doing that, especially at the level and scale you're at now where you could argue there there is more complexity as you build this business grows more infrastructure more people mm-hmm. you know more things to do but keeping firm to the daily scrum i think is a that's a powerful move as well that's huge yeah it's just half hour and sometimes yeah. you know that's we're great. just having a coffee and shooting the breeze and other times it's more you know actively planning out a campaign um but that daily connection has really brought the team together it's huge that's awesome this article in CRN talks about diversity in the channel, no longer just a compliance play. You were quoted saying this about Sada. We weave DE&I into every facet of our culture. We ensure that everyone has a voice and just as importantly, that everyone knows how to listen inclusively, as you just said. Right. So on that note, um, I just want to you know speak a little bit about your own immigrant experience because having come mm-hmm. from Armenia to the U.S. as a child, can you speak to how your immigrant experience has shaped and guided the sort of environment you seek to create at SADA? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, like most immigrants, uh, you know, you you want to have a sense of belonging, uh, especially as a child. So I came when I was eight with my family and I didn't know English. Wow. Um, I was in ESL classes. Uh 
you know, for, for the first year and a half, two years, uh, really trying to um, improve my communication skills. And in that time frame, you know, kids can be mean, right? <laughs> so you are left out um, of uh, certain conversations or, or, you know, playground games or groups that have been established. And all you want to do is, is really have a sense of belonging and make friends and be heard. And so I was very lucky. I had a, a, a wonderful ESL teacher um, who was very supportive and helped me improve my skills uh, and communication skills and, and help me kind of get out of my shell to socialize a lot more. But I always think about that stage of any new person, really any immigrant coming into the U.S., uh, and, and looking for job opportunities and just wanting a, a sense of belonging, you know, mm. and, and being appreciated and valued and having a voice. And so I always look at it from that lens of making sure everyone has a room to express themselves and, and to bring uh, really an amazing background, right? Everybody's cultural, religious or, you know, childhood experiences bring a different level of, of thought process perspective, you know, into the mix. And I think when we're trying to run campaigns and content that cater to the masses, it's so important to have that perspective in mind. Mm, that's huge. I mean, and I also think, I rem, you know, I remember there was a real sense of inclusiveness, you know, in, in SADA and obviously still today, you know, so much so that like, let's include Microsoft, let's include Google, like, let's play, you know, I mean, I get it. It's yeah. like a big part. And with yeah. immigrant founders as well, like, I'm sure yes. it has infiltrated the whole thing of like, let's include people. And so I just mm -hmm. see how that kind of is part of the DNA of SADA and has taken them on a great, you know, roller coaster ride of just let's think about how we can be inclusive and make yeah. really smart decisions in the process. Yeah. And you can't really assume that that is happening, right? You have to take active measures into training providing the proper training for people to, you know, uh, listen without bias, communicate without bias, right? When they're hiring to make sure that they're addressing their unconscious bias. These are all critical things that an organization needs to provide from training perspective. You can't just assume that it's done mm. uh, and it automatically integrated. So we've made a lot of investments into various training and development programs from leadership down. Uh, across the entire organization and into our inter international offices as well. Hmm. So there was an article on in Forbes uh, titled Three Ways to Understand Growth Marketing. He writes about traditional advertising and marketing tactics only going so far. Um, he goes on to talk about unless customers remember you and tell you it's difficult to determine whether a single piece of advertising drove them to your door. Growth marketing moves beyond capturing customers' attention driving awareness and increasing initial sales. Its strategies and tactics seek growth at every stage of the buyer's journey and marketing funnel. Noreen, what are some of your best growth marketing strategies? So I, I would say uh, it's, you know, going back to this whole customers for life mentality, uh, it's not a, a one touch scenario or one tactic scenario. We have learned that one, to get customers into the funnel, it takes multiple touches from an integrated campaign scenario to do that. And whether it's a webinar or a thought leadership piece or an event or social or PR, you get them into the funnel, but it doesn't stop there. You have to touch them multiple times and stay top of mind. The digital channels now are so saturated, right? So you have to find ways, uh, right time, right content, you know, uh, and the right channel to approach your customer, even a current customer, to be able to then take them to that next conversation. So our touch points and nurture programs are continuous. And when I say continuous, I mean weekly. Weekly, we're touching customers in some fashion. Weekly, we're touching prospects in some form or fashion. And you have to bring value at every single touch point. It's not a sales pitch. What are you bringing to the table, right? How are you trying to uh, address the specific problem that they may have at that point in time? Which means that you have to really utilize the tools, 
the data <laughs> insights that you're getting from multiple tools and be able to touch them with a value of like, I see you're using XYZ or you posted about this. How can we help you about that? And so you, you, you kind of take an ABM approach, if you will, a camp-based marketing approach to, to customize your communication to each of those verticals or solutions-based customers, or be able to even differentiate between the titles, whether it's a C-level business decision maker mm -hmm. versus the engineer or developer. It's huge. There were so many mic drops in that, Noreen. I was, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, yes, keep going. It was awesome. Um, I love that. Okay. So let's get into the lightning round, have some fun questions for you, and then we can All wrap right. up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Before we start, I got to give a nod and a shout out to Salesforce, the sponsor of this show. Without Salesforce, this show would not exist. So Marketing Trends Podcast is partnered with Salesforce on this show. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. If you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. We have Noreen Gauschen, CMO of SADA in the house. First question. And these are lightning rounds. So try to be quick with your answers. Don't think okay. too much about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. First question is, what sort of philanthropic work are you passionate about? Uh, I am an ambassador for Children's Hospital Los Angeles, and I'm very passionate about bringing awareness to various children's um, diseases and how we can support them, uh, especially for low-income families who want the best and should get the best medical service. Mm, that's great. What's the last time you tried something new? Ooh, uh, well... Last week, uh, although not new, but I went back to golfing okay, <laughs> after, nice. after, after a 15-year hiatus. <laughs> okay. 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 That counts. I like that. that counts. Um, I've, I've also just joined, I just joined the same, uh, same thing. I, after many years of not, I've gotten back on the course myself and we're, we're back at it. So, yes. <laughs> um, okay. What's a life lesson you learned the hard way? Um, well, I think uh, the most important lesson I've learned um, was no matter how bad you think uh, things are, it could always get worse. So be grateful. Mm. And I, you know, a, as a child, I struggled with various illnesses. And, you know, that was something my, my grandmother always told me, like, you, you're still better off than majority of the kids in the world. So be thankful. Mm. Um, and I try to always tap into that. It's no matter what challenges I'm having, I'm still very uh, blessed and, and you can always find something to be thankful for. Good. What is an activity that makes you lose track of time? Uh, eating. <laughs> <laughs> we share that one too. It's I, one of my favorites. <laughs> I love to eat and I can easily lose track of time if I'm, you know... <laughs> Uh, in a company of good friends and good food. I love it. That's great. Okay. Um, okay. This is a doozy. Then you have to choose one of these. Would you rather lose all of your old memories or never be able to make new ones? Never be able to make new ones. I love okay. my old memories. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're only the second person that's answered that way. But everyone else has said the other way, but you're one of two. Um, yeah. Okay. What are you... What are you betting on for? What are you like personally betting on for the future? If anything, that's exciting to you. Uh, I'm, I'm betting on uh, the world uh, changing for the better. Uh, I'm staying hopeful, uh, hopeful for humanity to, to come together and, you know, um, not be so divided. Okay. Love that answer. Okay. So tomorrow you, you, you show up to work and Tony says, hey, the whole marketing team's gone. It's just you again. I need you to to build a team. What role are you hiring first, and why? Uh, I would say I would uh, hire my designer first. So you go designer, okay? I think my designer first. Um, the the creative aspects to marketing is is so important. I can. I can do content uh, and I can, you know, develop all the other stuff and do demand gen. Uh, I don't have the designer graphic design skills, so I would do that. <laughs> okay. I like it. That's good. That's actually also a first. I hear lots of different answers, but no one has said design and I, I, I can appreciate that. Okay. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go? Forward, backward? Ah, uh, I, I would... Uh you know, go forward, uh, <laughs> to retirement. <laughs> I, I, w I would, uh, you know, hopefully be on the, 
a, a beach someplace, uh, maybe Greece. That would be okay. nice right now. <laughs> okay. All right. What is your favorite app on your phone? Oh, uh, Instagram. Instagram. Okay. All right. Instagram. And okay. If you could pick up effortlessly, pick up a new skill, like in an instant, what skill would you pick up? Uh, speak a new language. What language? French. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. That's yes. a good one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Bon, bonjour. And yes, yes. Um, okay. Last question. What is one thing that you'd like to do this year that you've never done before? Don't laugh, but, uh, I'd love to learn how to ride a bike. I don't know how to ride a bike and I'd love Ooh. to learn. Okay. That is worthy. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Noreen, I'm fully supportive of that goal. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to say thank you for being on Marketing Trends. This was an incredible dialogue. I had so much fun and I wish we had another hour with you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Congratulations. Please tell Tony thank and the you. squad hello and I send love and just thanks for being here. This was, this was exceptional. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences so you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster, and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.